Folks, you know, 2024, we always have the heavy hitters. And this episode is going to be amazing. When I first met the good doctor, it was at some random late night after hour, but it was good time. It was, but it was upscale. I was too high, too rich for my blood, but I, I was hanging out with them though. But we had a good time and I, we had a great conversation and I'm so excited to have her on the show. And uh, she's a dean at Hopkins doing amazing things. And so I can't wait for you to hear her and hear her story. We'll be right back after these messages. We made a pledge to do what's best for the health of our communities. And we continue to deliver on it every day for every one of our members. With access to a network of over 1 million providers, rewards for living healthy, and more care options than ever, we are CareFirst Blue Cross Blue Shield, and we are changing healthcare for all that we serve. At CareFirst, it's not just our name, it's our promise. Welcome to the No Picks After Dark podcast. I am your host, Aaron Dante. I told y'all folks, it's 2024. We got the heavy hitters. What's the season called Last Call? We making sure we get everybody who's everybody and the people who are making changes out here. And you know what? This person I met again at the after hours and we had a great conversation. I was like, I gotta have you on the show. And she kept me. She was like, Aaron, you gotta have me on the show. <laughs> and I said, Okay, we're gonna make it happen. Got Dr. Danielle. How are you? Good. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. I, you know, should I say the whole last name? Do you want me to say the whole last name? I don't know because I mean, be you professional. can call me Dr. McKamey. You can call me Dr. D. You can call me Danielle. Whatever feels hey, good to you. Because hey, you, 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 worked, you worked hard for those initials. Hey, you know. All right. So how are you doing today? I'm doing great. How about yourself? Hey, I'm happy to come to my podcast. Yes, happy to finally out. be here. I'm happy. But how, how how's things? How's the new year? How's it going for you? New year starting off pretty strong. I'm just fresh off the boat from Puerto Rico. Nice tropical vacation. So feeling rejuvenated and energized and ready to rock for 2024. No wonder I saw that glow when you walked hey, in. Yeah, I'm, I'm sitting here, I'm, baby. I'm sitting here raggedy and cold. <laughs> but you over here glistening, and I was like, damn. Yeah. But she was Tay Diggs down the Bahamas. <laughs> Something like Something that. Something like that. We ain't gonna talk about that. But thank you so much for hanging out. You know, um, you're doing some amazing things mm -hmm. uh, at Hopkins. Tell us a little bit about what you got going on right now at Hopkins. Um, I got a lot of things popping. So right now I'm the uh, Assistant Dean for Strategic Partnerships. And um, in my role, I'm looking for collaborations with community partners, government partners, industry folks that are interested in helping us advance our mission. Uh, we got a lot of stuff going on at the School of Nursing, really trying to get more community focused, more involved in policy and politics because that's where the decisions are made. Um, so we've got a couple initiatives with doing School of Health, so partnering with Department of Health, um, getting inside the uh, Baltimore City Schools and um, putting in nursing care there and making that like, essentially an epicenter of health. So um, the families get on-the-spot care if they need it and um, also the attention for the students and all that kind of thing. So lots of things popping and just also really exposing our students to understanding that care is in the community and with the people. So outside, getting really outside the school walls. It's interesting because I had somebody that I interviewed uh, a couple weeks ago. We talked about healthcare mm -hmm. and fitness and wellness and mm -hmm. how certain communities in Baltimore don't have that. Yeah. And they don't have anything that that resembles that, and that's a big fight. So I mm -hmm. love that we'll we'll definitely dig into that yeah. and talk a little bit more about that. So where are you from? We always ask everybody <laughs> where are you from because I like we gotta get a little background about yeah. who you are. Yeah. So I am actually new to Baltimore. I've been here um, a little, I guess like almost a year and a half now. 
Uh, the gig at Hopkins got me out of uh, my suburban living in Alexandria, Virginia, where I was born and raised. Hey, town. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And so um, it's Baltimore has been uh, an amazing, amazing place. Uh, love the people, love the culture. Definitely different vibes from Alexandria. Um, but I grew up um, in a single parent family household. Shout out to the single mothers out there. Um, my mom was my is my major inspiration mm. um, and has been the example um, for my journey in pursuing healthcare. Okay, so you know, growing up, was your mom in healthcare also? Was she a doctor also? Is that really what, like you said, inspired mm -hmm. you? Yeah. You saw what kind? Of, what was she doing in healthcare? She but? wasn't a physician. She did home care nursing. Oh. And so, because she was a single parent, she toted me along with her. Oh wow! So I got the opportunity to watch her take care of people in their in their home spaces, and I was just so inspired that she can just literally roll up in someone's home and just make them feel better by the end of the day. And I was like, I want to do what you do, mommy. And so she was like, Yes, do what I'm doing, but go past me. Mm. So she always encouraged me: get that education, get that certification, go on that you know missions trip, or collaborate with those people, or like really, really expand your horizons in healthcare. And I wanted to be a physician at first, and then I. I saw like the long road to get to being a physician mm -hmm. and then um, really circle back around to um, really explore nursing. And so that's when I made the decision to go ahead and um, apply for nursing and got in. And now I am a doctorally prepared nurse practitioner and I specialize in critical care. Oh, man. So you can do a lot of things. A lot of things. You can do a lot of things. All right. All that's right. the beauty of nursing. It is. It's, 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 it's a profession that has tons of versatility. I mean, you can go from the bedside, the boardroom, to your own you know, clinical practice. And that's what I love about being in the nursing profession. It's funny. I shouldn't say my hip up. I'm going to blow my hip up here. But <laughs> I go to a nurse practitioner. And I, that's yes. who I go to now. I don't even go to a doctor. I mean, mm -hmm. but they're, they're still a doctor. But you know what I mean? Like, Yeah, of course. I, I go to her and she's awesome. Mm -hmm. And she's like, you know, your blood pressure, what's going on? I said, come on, man. We're going to call funny. you out. We're going to love on you, but we're going to be like, all right, you need to get, get it together. But it's real. It's the first time I got on blood pressure medicine. First mm -hmm. time. And I'm like 43 now. And I'm mm -hmm. like, mm -hmm. damn, mm -hmm. I guess. I, I yeah. guess I, So it's actually helped the way I eat now. Good. I changed my diet. Good. You know what I mean? Trying to get slender for this 2024 hey. summer. Trying to be there. I know, but right. she's always like, are you walking? I'm like. <laughs> like, you know, by you already took my blood. You know, my you already know what's going on. Right, I ain't gonna right. say a lie to you. <laughs> you can't. You can't. But that's really cool that you inspired to do mm -hmm. that. What did you do, your undergrad? And grad? Mm -hmm. Where did you go? Where did you go? Yeah. Where did you mix up? Did you stay in the VA? Did you move out? Go out? You said a little about mission work. Talk a little mm -hmm. bit about that. So I actually stayed in VA because I'm a mama's girl. So I ended up getting um, a uh, scholarship to University of Virginia School of Nursing. Okay. But the crazy thing about that, a little bit more into my story, was that I was told that because I was a product of a single parent family household, black, and my mom didn't make over 40K, and I didn't get over 1,000 SAT scores, that I would never make it to any college. Mm. So my it was my guidance counselor. And she was like, yeah, so yeah, I see that you're working at McDonald's, so you may as well just go ahead and just kind of pursue pursue your McDonald's route. <laughs> I think that would be the best bet for you because you won't be able to get in. And so, um, yeah, it was crazy, right? But I mean, my, that's one of many stories, as we know. And I ended up getting into over 20 schools because I got lots of great advice from my track, track coach at the time that told me, like, you can utilize that circumstance for your benefit because, because you have quote unquote, low socioeconomic status, you can get all your fees waived for your mm -hmm. applications. You can get 
tons of grants and scholarships. And I didn't know because I was the first in my family to go to college. So when he lit that fire, I went on a rampage. I was like, I'm applying here, I'm applying here. Got into all 20 schools, took this acceptance letters to the guidance counselor's office and dropped them off. <laughs> oh, you were being petty. You were very petty. These went. belong to you, ma'am. Mm. She clutched her pearls and she was like, well, my word, I guess I stand corrected. Yeah. You know what's interesting. interesting about guidance counselors? They really don't know. Okay. Like I don't know, they get paid to do nothing. They just tell you something. They're like they're not not not, not to knock the weather people. They like the weather yeah. people. They don't know. They don't know what right. the weather's going on. They don't know. Yeah. They can tell you what possibly, but mm-hmm. how connected are you really right. into it? And you don't know the person's drive. Exactly. And luckily, from what I know now, I don't even think they even check SATs and scores anymore. Yeah, no. I don't even think they do that anymore because it was so subjective. And I can tell you right, right. now, I'm not a great test taker. Me neither. I am not, and I'll be the first one to tell you. I can tell you how I get from A to Z. Mm-hmm. I can show you how to get mm-hmm. there. But tests, I freeze up. That's just right. me. Right. Um, right. And I, I have no shame about it. That's just what it is. Mm-hmm. And I always are subjected to jobs where I'm like, oh, you got to take this test. I'm like, mm-hmm. well, guess what? I'm I'm good then. Well, you know, all that was by design, though. A lot of the, the test taking strategies and the structures of tests are were for exclusionary practices I to agree. exclude us communities of color to have access so that's why they started putting in these standardized tests mm. because um you eliminate that you 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 create some level of equity um and so um that's by design well that, that, there you go yeah and then we'll talk offline but a little bit more yeah. i learned in college about this test mm-hmm. so you, you uva yeah so uva for my undergraduate charlottesville you're in charlotte okay in, yeah charlottesville okay. and then i went to get my master's which is where i got my nurse practitioner certification at georgetown and then i ended up going back to get my doctorate in nursing practice at georgetown i feel like yeah we had this conversation because you so, said georgetown yeah and you know you know where i went to school mm. syracuse so you already know oh, you already know how i feel about it. so that's why I, think, <laughs> I think we had this conversation because i'm like we had this conversation because that's why i was like you said Georgetown, I'm like, oh, Lord, here mm-hmm. we go. But it's a great school. Yes. Um, my dad used to work there a long, long time awesome. ago. I actually wanted to go to Georgetown mm-hmm. um, when I lived in the Baltimore area. Okay. And then when we moved, we moved all around, and then we ended up moving to New York. And I was like, oh, yeah. Syracuse. I'm like, oh, I kind of like this. And I'm like, well, I guess I'll go here. Yeah. So that's pretty cool. That So, like, that's a really, I, I really like what you just said, how you broke it down of how this person mm-hmm. told you you couldn't make it. Mm-hmm. You couldn't do it. Mm-hmm. And they think McDonald's is good for you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so much. So like, step by step, unpack on it. That's a whole, right. different, that's a whole different episode. Yeah. Because we're going to do that. That's, that's a whole different episode we can talk about. Because I could really get into some stuff about what I've heard and what I've been told. Oh, I'm sure. But just your perseverance of getting mm-hmm. through that, what pushed you, what lit, it, lit, lit, lit that fire in you said, mm-hmm. I'm going to make it? Mm-hmm. What, what 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 was that thing? What was that thing? Everybody has that thing. Right, right. I think, I mean, just growing up in a single parent family household alone, to see my mom take on essentially double roles because it was me and my sister to like, she, she grinded and we never wanted for nothing. Mm. So she created an environment where despite the circumstances, we always had food, clothes. She made life fun. Like I didn't realize making a dollar out of 15 cents wasn't a game, but it was like our reality. But mm-hmm. like she really expanded our horizons and our thought process that there's more than one way to skin a cat. All the cliches, you know, that there's always with there's a will, there's always a way. And so that was just ingrained in me just by 
the way I grew up. And so mm. I don't I don't deny or or am ever ashamed of those experiences because I'm like, man, like when the pandemic hit, I was like, well, I know how to make a dollar 15 cents. I know how to make gourmet meals out of this and the third because I had to right. to have that experience. But having that grit and that foundation of perseverance, just seeing my mom and how she got it. I was like, man, I'm I'm destined for greatness. Like there's nothing I, I can't be stopped. I love that. I love hearing that. I love hearing that. Mm -hmm. So you went to grad school with the Mm -hmm. And then also you went for mm -hmm. your uh, nursing mm -hmm. at Georgetown and whatnot, mm -hmm. which is a really hard school for that actually. Mm -hmm. Really hard for what I from what I know. Yeah. Um, where did you where did you want to go next? Like, what was what was the next move? Like, did you go on a mission? Did you go anywhere overseas? Did you um, where did you do anything in any hospitals or anywhere somewhere different where you had to get a different perspective? Yeah. So I I, I focused a lot of my um volunteer work with rural communities so i got involved in a lot of community health care groups which people um underestimate how folks that are in rural communities they really need care yeah, they do <laughs> so like being out in like west virginia southwest virginia that mm. kind of things people out in the mountains so i did a lot of um clinics with um particular groups that focus on that community that population of um of people and then i focused my career my nursing career in critical care I love the adrenaline rush I love you know bringing people back to life mm. and experiencing that spectrum of like bringing them back to life but also ushering them to the next transition transitioning to death so having that spectrum is very exciting for me um, and that's where I did most of my career how because I've never asked somebody this how do you emotionally get there Oof. You know what I mean? Like, how do you <laughs> yeah. like? How do you emotionally get to that mm -hmm. point? Because for me, I don't know if I could do that. <laughs> but then now I don't go to funerals anymore, though. Mm. So I think I'm I'm numb to yeah that part of like going to funerals. Like I've mm -hmm. been to so many where I'm like I don't want to go yeah. to them yeah unless I need to. Mm -hmm. How does you? How do you get over like seeing death mm -hmm. and dealing? Then maybe have talked to the family like. Do they train I me? Mean, they can train you all they want in school, but there's nothing for the real deal. Correct. How do you do that? It takes a special personality. A lot of it is um, understanding that that's just the spectrum of life. And so we're taught that as a foundational piece. But then as you go through experiences and just life, you learn how to compartmentalize, which is a gift and a curse. Right. And unfortunately, being in healthcare, you don't get that much of an opportunity to kind of, when you compartmentalize, you don't get that opportunity to debrief. So then it perpetuates burnout and stress. Mm. And those that are in the critical care specialty, we have a high turnover, high burnout because we're expected to perform you know, at these stressful life, literally life and death decision-making experiences. And so um, our lifespan in those type of careers is not very long, but I've managed to be in it for 20 years. Mm. But my, this past year transitioned from the critical care brain to academia. So focusing more on the upstream um, of teaching the students so they'll be the future nurses in practice. So you have to compartmentalize. Did you speaking of this not people say what did you did you almost burn out during the pandemic? Oh, I definitely burned out um, because I was I worked in a hospital in D.C. and we were designated the COVID um, like the primary COVID hospital for the D.C. area. Right. And um, this particular health system has nine other hospitals, so the other hospitals would bring their mo the most critically ill ones to the mothership, which is where I was. Wow. And so we ended up, I think we have over 900 bids 
most of those beds were to COVID patients that were critically ill. And the, the, the hardest part of that was the revolving door of death. It was nothing that we could do. Mm. And the hardest part was delivering the news to the family members and us making that commitment that they wouldn't die alone. So we would literally all take turns sitting with patients as they passed because... Because the family members couldn't go to the hospital. So you get to call these people, tell them you're... Yeah. Wow, that's tough. Yeah. So that was definitely one of the straws that broke the camel's back for me in critical care was just like, man, you don't, we thought we didn't have enough time to compartmentalize and kind of debrief. We didn't, we had no time because it was like, as soon as that patient passed away, we had to clean it up because we had someone else that needed that bid. Wow. Okay. So folks, hold that (laughs) moment. Hold that, hold that, hold that. And we'll be back because we're talking about what she has going on. Because I mean, she has so many great things going on organizations that she belongs to that's it's really empowering people of color and i really want to talk a little bit about that talk about academia how it's changed totally night and day from what you do now and do you ever have that itch to go back into get back get back in the rat race we'll talk we'll, we'll talk about that right back there's new messages you give to united way your gift could be the first spark of something bigger it can help someone find, interview for, and get hired for a job and provide follow-up services for success. It can break down educational barriers and give that extra help to a struggling student within school support programs. Give today. Spark something bigger. Are you or someone you love in need of mental health support? For All Seasons is now offering same-day therapy appointments with no wait list. Through the For All Seasons open access program, you can walk in for mental health services and begin therapy in the same visit. For All Seasons accepts all insurances and provides financial assistance if you need it. For therapy, psychiatry, or victim support, we have appointments available today. Call For All Seasons, 410-822-1018. And folks, we are back, and we just had this great conversation, and <laughs> I'm so excited to have you on. Finally, I'm gonna call you Doctor D. There or Dr. you go. You know, you Doctor D. They want to call hey. it. You know, but thank you so much for hanging out. I, I really appreciate your time because I know you're busy. Uh, like I said, we just talked about how you had the glow from Puerto Rico in here, <laughs> so you flew right on our private jet that got back here much. for the episode. But <laughs> let's talk a little bit more because you really, really impactful what you were saying, mm. and really hit home with me what you were talking about. About just perseverance and yeah. how you gotten through you mm-hmm. kept on pushing and you're like i want to be the best i can be my mm-hmm. mom was my role model mm-hmm. growing up mm-hmm. she made we never wanted for anything mm-hmm. and i never want for anything mm-hmm. talk about survivor mood you knew when covid came around i could make anything out gourmet meals mm-hmm. i can do that now we fast forward where are you why baltimore why are you here why are you here <laughs> well i told you the hopkins gig, hopkins gig got me out here but you left Alexandria, yeah, that, can, that, that is mute, night though. and day. That is night and day. I'm it a, is. Let's be real. Let's, let's be real. That's night yeah. and day. Yeah. You know, I just think Hopkins is one of the best places to be. Definitely. And for resume building things of that nature, Absolutely. you got to be there. Definitely. When the option came to came to Baltimore, it wasn't mm-hmm. a no bringer. Did you think about it for a little bit? I had a couple of options on the table. Okay. 
that I was um, evaluating. I just felt like um, because of the Hopkins brand, the impact, it would not only benefit me per- personally, professionally, but also my nonprofit, DMPs of Color, okay. which is where my passion is. We'll talk about that. We'll talk, yeah. let's, talk, talk, let's talk about it. You brought it up. Yeah. Let's talk about it. Yeah. Talk, so, you, you were the founder of this. Yes, I'm the founder, CEO, and president of DMPs of Color. And, I felt like um, that. I felt like I was into like a, a, a puffy or biggie line right there. Oh, Louis, you gonna leave puffy? Well, I'm not on the I'm the prayer president. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, I mean, I gotta let you know. You know, the, I love the statuses that. out here. But um, where how did this come about? Where did this come from? Yeah, let's take walk us it's, through. It's another story that's like baked in like trauma. I guess. That's a, but we need that. But we but but like. I like people. I think people hearing these stories can yeah. be like, "Damn, this really happening." Mm-hmm. People still living that, you know, yeah. world. Like they don't think they don't think things happen like this. So mm-hmm. go ahead, mm-hmm. it's your show, right? Yeah, ooh, I like that. Um, so DMPs of color came from my experience going to Georgetown, which we all know is a predominantly white institution. Mm. I was the only black woman in my cohort in my doctorate co- doctoral cohort. So I'm looking around like, okay, so we got another round of being the only one. All right, how is this going to play out? And um, I was the first in my family to go back to get my doctorate. So it was just a different energy that came with it. And um, as I progressed, I, I felt like I wasn't getting the same opportunities as my other cohort mates, or I felt like I didn't connect or I didn't belong. So I was looking to engage with folks to try to connect, like how they were connecting and try to align myself to get the opportunities that I saw that they were getting, but it didn't quite work out well. So I started looking outside of Georgetown and couldn't find anything that I was looking for that met my needs being a woman of color pursuing a doctorate in nursing practice. So I created a Facebook group uh, called DMPs of Color and it's grown exponentially into this now international nonprofit that's focused on creating a community that builds opportunity for nurses of color that are in pursuit or already have their doctorate in nursing practice. And so um, it's just, it's my passion because hearing the stories of um, our experiences brings us stronger together as a community. And when you have your doctorate in nursing, (coughs) it puts you at the seats of the tables where the decisions are being made. Mm. The structure of nursing is when you have your doctorate, it affords you access to different people, resources, money, clout, status, and it gives you a voice on, you know what, that ain't it. You know what, this is how we're gonna (coughs) move. So, and there's no other nursing organization that's focused on this growing body of nurses, nurses of color that are getting their doctorates. And so for me, I feel like we're the secret sauce to diversifying the nursing profession. And that's important because when you have more diversity in nursing anywhere, really, it adds tremendous value to the care and the patient outcomes. So when you start seeing more people that look like the communities that we're serving, where those communities are more likely to fall in line with what the care is needed. They trust their providers because they look like them. They speak like them. They come from lived experiences like, oh, you grew up in a single parent family? Me too. Oh, you from you from around the way? Oh, okay, cool. Like, So you can speak that language that really resonates with them to trust you that what you're saying is the gospel and they'll be more likely to you know um follow through so we we are literally saving people's lives just by being sometimes just in the room i love i love hearing that because i know and i've heard about how many sticks i can't you probably know the better numbers i do about how many black women passed away Mm -hmm. during childbirth Mm -hmm. um i had a, a friend that was very sick Mm. and because he had a 
high pain tolerance. Mm. The doctor was like, oh, you're fine. You're fine. And mm. it's just if maybe there was somebody that looked like her in that room. Yeah. Saying, hey, maybe we need to check into a little bit further. Yeah. And come to find out, she was literally sick from, and this is going to be wild, and you probably won't surprise you. She was sick from May of last year all the way. They didn't find her diagnosis until late July or early August. Mm-mm-mm. And it was right in front of their face, but they didn't. They in the notes when you go doctor, oh, it's just, she is ha- she's fine. And they, they had to, she had to go to a different doctor Oof. to get to what the care she needs for being a black woman. Mm-hmm. And that's just upsetting to hear. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's hard to find. So I love that you have those that set in place for people out there mm-hmm. who are going to be what you, what you got going on. So mm-hmm. I like to thank you so much mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. there's a need for that, and you saw that. What where was that? I mean, that's drive to start a foundation. Absolutely. How'd you learn how to start a foundation? Like, how? I mean, it's a lot. It's a lot. You know, yeah. like you, you got a you have a board. Yeah. You got bylaws, all these yeah. things. It's a lot. How'd you learn that? Just, just curious. It just, um, a lot of the stuff just came intuitively. Just being a part of uh, different groups, just kind of seeing how groups work, the bylaws, understanding kind of like the logistics with that. But when it came time to doing my own thing, I had a lot of like. Um, you know, I didn't really have much confidence in myself. So I ended up, um, I consulted with a, con- a nonprofit consultant. And so I was like, I don't know if I got everything right. Like, this is what I have. And so she's like, child, you done created the mission, the model, the goals, the logo, the colors, the meaning behind it, the bylaws. She's like, you don't need me. You just got to launch. And I was like, for real. Mm, mm. <laughs> so it just came to me intuitively and just also understanding the need, the specific needs that I felt and that resonated through so many others that it just grew like wildfire to now we have a community a private community of over 2000 people from Canada, Haiti, United States that have found a group that validates their existence because what happens with communities of color people try to box us in or if we don't ascribe to a certain degree of what they consider professional we are looked at like we don't know what we're doing or we're not an expert in our field so Mm -hmm. if i roll in with my braids they automatically box me in like oh she got braids she don't know what she talk about or Mm -hmm. oh most times I rock a fro, so Angela the fro, Daly. yes, Angela, Angela Davis. Davis the fro. Uh, oh ah! yeah, oh yeah. You know, so <laughs> I, you know, you get boxed into that, but people don't understand like the depth and breadth of knowledge that we have as a community, and because of our lived experience of constantly being questioned and challenged, y'all groom us to be the best. Facts. <laughs> And so um, we just recently hosted our third annual conference here in uh, Washington, D.C. Our conference before that was in Baltimore. But anyways, we had over 300 people there that were so inspired by other um, black and brown scholars that had their doctorates, that were experts in their fields, and that they had gone never gone to a conference like that before, that they they didn't have to have a form of fashion. They just showed up. And it was like having church. Like, mm. folks would be like, yeah, somebody would be clapping, like, I know that's right. And so it was just such a... Um, a comfortable space, but no one looked at you because of your fro, your braids, or your color, your skin. We looked at you because of the value that you brought, the expertise that you were able to bring, and the things we were able to learn, and the connections we were able to make. I mean, we had lawyers, we had um, deans, directors, editors, uh, CEOs, chief nurse officers. I was like, man, just the philanthropists the power within this community and with us coming together seeing each other like i see you i see you it's like all right well let's just start start dropping some money on foundations let's start dropping money for scholarships programs that we need to really develop 
this group of professionals because in nursing there's no other organization that's focused on the development and the support for this particular group of nursing professionals mm, so how so how many people are in the group right now that are active right now members or so right now we started organically um grassroots so in our facebook we have a private group it's about two thousand people so now we've transitioned to a traditional association which now we ask for folks to drop some coins so we just um opened up this past October, and we're about 300 members, paid members, um, with the goal of having a thousand by Juneteenth. Mm. So we're gonna convert, our goal is to convert the 2000 folks that are in the community for free to like really investing because um, when you invest, brings in that capital and with that capital we can come in with the scholarships we can come in with the professional development things creating certifications um, any type of um, educational offerings that they need to either upskill or reinforce their skills so that when they're at the boardroom they're already equipped with the knowledge the language um, the, uh, the 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 acumen whether it be for business purposes or poli- policy politics purposes that we're prepared mm. so there's no question. I, I love hearing this. It's, it's like I'm really like I'm like I'm over here like damn I'm about to take notes and like but that's so inspiring what you're doing right mm-hmm. now and I mean nothing but love and whatever I, we can amplify no pixel or dark we will help you amplify it oh, so yeah. please let let us that. know what we can do to amplify your message and really just put it out there because I'm sure there's somebody listening watching that may be in medical school I had um. Who do I have? I had the doctor from, he's, they're going to do a medical school at Morgan State, I think. Oh, yeah. And the, the dean, yeah, he's, he mm-hmm. was from Michigan. And um, he was here. And we were mm-hmm. talking about what he's yes. trying to do yes. and what he's trying to do with the community. And I think that's so important that mm-hmm. you have somebody who knows it and somebody who looks like you. We always talk about representation matters. Absolutely. It matters so much. Mm-hmm. Um, when I tell people the second, so it was the my second year doing the podcasting, they had my black face on <laughs> uh, Baltimore's son. Mm. And, you know, I cried because I was like, I remember the guy, this is how messed up people, what people are. Mm-hmm. I go to 7-Eleven and the guy's like, I'm like, oh, I need some paper, I need papers. The guy was like, why are you buying some papers? Did you get arrested or something like that in it? Wow. And you know, it was just so racist <laughs> and ignorant. And I looked at him like, you ain't going to fuck my shine up. Like, I know, that's right. Like, but I was like, nah, bro, like, I won an award. And I remember people seeing that picture, mm. how powerful that picture was. Mm. And people always say, well, you won Baltimore Sun, you bought Baltimore Magazine. Which one's more important? And I said, Baltimore Sun. And the reason why is because it's a newspaper. Mm. You can still touch it. Yes. You can still grab it. You can still feel yes. it. Yes. And just to pick it up and knowing that little background about me, my family's from here. Mm. And my uncle and aunts all used to read the newspaper every day. They didn't read the Baltimore magazine. They read Baltimore Sun. And just them knowing that your nephew Uh, was in the paper. Yes. That's pretty dope. It's different. So just seeing that. Mm -hmm. And now I try to inspire other podcasters. Mm -hmm. Like, hey, it's coming up. Get your podcast nominated in there. Get yours. Yeah. Well, Aaron, you always want to say, Aaron, I, I'm not even trying to be in it this year. I told people, yeah. I don't want nothing to do with it because I want other people yeah. to see their shine yeah, absolutely. and be out there. So kudos for you to getting that shine and getting people out there because mm-hmm. if representation matters and seeing what you're doing, we need that mm-hmm. out here. 
Absolutely. We need that. And 300 strong. Next year, you're going to have probably 700 coming to the conference. Oh, no. Next year, yeah. We're probably going to have about 700. You're right. You're right. And what's, and what's important? What's, so what's important with Juneteenth? Why, why is that date so important for you? Um, well, you know, it's... it's, it's I know a, the his, date, yeah, but like... But what, it, it's just giving people just milestones. So like right now with our membership drive, we're doing uh, the... 500 by MLK Day. Okay. And then 1,000 by Juneteenth. It's just giving members a milestone to look forward to. Like, look, all right, uh, MLK, we, we celebrating with 500 or what? Right. Juneteenth, we celebrating with 1,000 or what? Right. So it's just having that just significance and then just also the cultural significance as well. Have you uh, navigated the, the sponsorship space? of Has, has any um, hospitals or any corporations... So, hey, we would love to help out. Have you? Oh, yeah, definitely. We'll, we'll always take more. <laughs> okay. Um, we've 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 connected with a lot of the local universities, um, which is kind of the space that we, we love to connect with the universities because that's kind of a, like a pipeline, right? Mm-hmm. So um, Johnson & Johnson, Robert Wood, uh, Johnson Foundation, Kaiser Permanente, a couple of other local health systems have um, definitely signed on to support us. So we're really excited about that. We got, we got, uh, I, love, I love hearing that. Kaiser Permanente, Permanente is really cool. They do mm-hmm. some great work oh, out absolutely. there. Um, yeah, they do some great work. Mm-hmm. So, but and we'll talk offline about that. Okay. But uh, yeah, so but I'm happy that you are actually getting that groove. How how so with how do you how do you juggle all this? <laughs> That's the million dollar question because because people ask me like well, how do I do it? I know how I do it because I just don't stop and I yeah. don't I don't think. Yeah. I think, but I just don't, I don't want right. to sit down. Yeah. And be like. Oh, what am I doing? Right. How do you how do you do this? Mm-hmm. How do you juggle all this? It's a it's a million dollar question I get asked a lot, and my response is always like, when you have been called, or when you have a purpose on your life, things align. Now, when I think back to like even <clears throat> last year, um, to this year. As you start walking deeper into your passion and your purpose, things start clearing up in terms of where you divide or uh, your energies. So and you become clear on that. So I'm like, if it's not dealing with, you know, diversifying nursing, like utilizing DMPs of color, if it's not about advancing the nursing profession or if it's not about, um, you know, other hobbies that I've partaken, you just don't align yourself with that. So really figuring out what your mission is, what your passions are and aligning your activities and your time with that. And it always works out. I, lo- I love it. I love it. It's, it that's your energy. That's what your you, energy. It's, I think you're like, and I told people, people are like, what are you doing in 2024? I'm aligning my energy where it needs to be. That part. I'm not going to every event. That part. I'm not going to see, you're not going to see me here. Yes. My energy is only deserved where it needs to be. Absolutely. And like, because it, it, I don't know if you remember the paper, the hardest working pot. Yeah, that's cool. But that told me I need to slow down. Thank you. It was a good thing, but it was yeah. a bad thing. I and shout out to Ball and B. I love y'all. Mm-hmm. But it had me reflect like, whoa. Mm-hmm. It mm-hmm. looks like I'm hustling like too hard. Yeah. Let me slow down and really enjoy mm-hmm. these moments that I have. Absolutely. And I, are you doing that for yourself though? Absolutely. Absolutely. And I was just talking to some friends about, they're like, what's your New Year's resolution? Da, da, da. I gave resolutions a long time ago. Yeah, so for me, it's you. about energy. So I said, <clears throat> if things aren't aligning with the energy uh, that's bringing me peace, ease, and joy, I'm not doing it. So that's just kind of like my vibe for 2024. Peace, it. ease, and joy. So um, finding what, what activities align with that and, and that's, that's how you gotta be with. that's how you gotta be 
Yeah. What do you want people to walk away from this interview from after they listen to? What do what what do you hope they walk away with? Because I, I have some thoughts, but go ahead. Yeah, I think whenever I get an opportunity to speak and share my stories, always don't let any circumstances, whether it be people or things, um, define or box you in. I was speaking to um, another CEO when I was in Puerto Rico, and he was like, he does this thing with his with his kids. He he lines them all. He's like, grab a box, you know. Find a box around the house. Let's get a box. And they're like, okay. So he takes. He said he took them outside, and he gave them all a match. And he was like, this is a box that society's going to always try to put you in. Mm. I don't want you all to ever be in any anybody's box. Mm. You live outside the box. So he told them to light it up. And he was like, don't ever get boxed in by anybody. What they say, or groups or whatever, no job, no nothing. So it would be leaving the, the audience with, don't be boxed in. I don't let that. your circumstances define you or box you in. And um, because there's always more than one way, my mom said, more than one way to skin a cat. Um, and and also, I always like to leave, leave people with really exploring your passions and aligning that with your mission in life. And um, truly think about the legacy that you're living and that you will leave. Um, because we're all here to be of service. It doesn't necessarily have to be like, I'm going to be, you know, the president of the United States or whatever. Find your particular place and space and passion and operate in that and your impact will ripple beyond your lifetime. You're about to take us to church right now. You're about to take us to church. All right. <laughs> so we, we, I'm not going to let you off the hook. Too easy here, okay? Okay. We do a speed round on the show. Let's go, baby. And, you know, we got to make sure gotta we got to stay ready. Got to stay ready. We got to <laughs> stay ready. So since you are, since you are, you know, here now. Yes. All right. <laughs> Mumbo, Mumbo sauce or hot sauce? Mumbo sauce. Okay. I got to add. I, I got to add. Go, go, or Baltimore club music. Go, go. Okay. Who's your favorite go-go artist? There you go. Uh, Rare Essence. Okay. School. Uh, okay. I, I know about Rare Essence. All right. See, I know a little bug. I used to, I used to party down into the uh, waterfront back in the day when it was <laughs> when it was love and that stuff. That we ain't gonna talk about those days. Hey, you well, know I, those days. I have a special affinity go-go because my mom used to manage a go-go band. Your mom, your mom, do everything. She hustles, boy. But see, her thing was looking at um, troubled youth and literally bringing them off the street and was like, "Let me teach you how to bang on this this cowbell." So she created a whole group called Positive Groove from just kids that she saw that was out in the streets. I love it. So I love go go. I love it. Crab cakes or crabs? (sighs) Yeah, that's a tough one. That's a tough one. You know, if I had my VA hat, it would be crabs, but. Oh, I'm gonna go with crabs. You go with crabs. Yeah. See, I like the reason why I like crabs is I do like picking. I like the work. Yeah. But the key thing is, you know how we go. Everybody goes out nowadays. Yes. And everybody's on their phone. You ain't picking no phone up with no damn old base <laughs> on. Like. Yeah, because your phone gonna be messed up, and then when you put it to your face, it's gonna it burn. Smells, and it's gonna smell like crab. Right. So I like. For the, the social com- experience. I love the conversation. Absolutely. And that's what we need to bring back. I really feel like the I conversation agree. of people going out and have a good time. Yes. Um, so that so you got your ice cream or snowballs. See, Baltimore, it's a Baltimore thing, the snowballs. I know the snowballs. And I live next to right? Ice yes. Queen. So ice Queen, yes. I've converted to snowballs. Oh, okay. What's your flavor? What flavor do you like? Which one do you like? Um, I just like to keep it simple, just like a tropical flavor. Okay, see, I'm a banana flavor. I like banana. I'm allergic to bananas, so I can't really Oh, okay. Right, it's, it's not for everybody. Yeah, it's um, okay. But sorry, right, though. <laughs> Chicken wings. Do you like, do you, you, you eat meat? 
I do eat meat. I gotta make sure because there's some people who eat me. People don't eat. I'm lot. transitioning away from it, but I still I can't give up chicken. Okay, it's all good. <laughs> chicken wings. Um, do you uh, honey old bay or regular uh, just hot bar hot hot wings? The old bay. I've converted to the old. Look bay. at you. You you really I've converted slowly. They really converted you. They really converted. <laughs> and the last question: blue cheese or ranch? Ranch. I ain't going to say it anymore. I know, I know. That's all right. <laughs> we forgive you. Thank you. Thank you so much for hanging out. Where can we find on the website? Where can we find the organization? Find you. Yes. Where can we email, reach out? Let's let the people know. Yes, y'all can find me on all social media platforms at Dr. McKamey. And then the organization DMPs of Color at DMPs of Color, dmpsofcolor.org. Um, you can hit us up by email, info at dmpsofcolor.org. Um, but... Always live on social media, so you feel free to slide in our DMs. All right, folks, you heard it here first. Thank you so much. Folks, love, peace, we're out.